Hello and welcome to the A-Form show. My name is Alan George and thank you very much for tuning in. Each week we sit across from thought leaders and change makers in the architecture and design space of the GCC. We dive deep into their experiences both professionally and personally and share their valuable insight as to what makes them tick. Our goal is to add value to your day and help you navigate your own personal creative journey. Finally, the opinions and the views of the guest speakers are that of their own. They do not necessarily represent the views and the opinions of the show or the host. Welcome to the show everyone. On today's show we are joined by Mihir Sangani, architect, designer, entrepreneur, runner, dog lover. These are some of the titles that come to mind when describing our guest today. With a decade of experience in the region, Mihir has delivered some of the most bespoke designs seen in the region. His dedication to detailing is phenomenal and this has led the team of Design Smith to receive region-wide recognition in a very rapid time frame. In this particular episode we are going to discuss us a lot about his business how he actually designs and everything that's currently going on in his mind so without further ado let's get into it welcome to the show mahir hey man hi thank you for coming on maybe i should paint a picture for everyone kind of explaining where we are so that they get a bit of context so typically we do this in a very kind of like controlled environment with mood lighting and stuff <laughs> of that nature but today we're going back to the basics so going to the roots we are sitting in the office of design smith which mehir is definitely going to tell us a lot about yeah man this is a really cool vibe i feel like i'm in a studio right now i think if you if you share a photo of this somewhere <laughs> <laughs> I I think a lot of hearts will be broken when you say <laughs> sitting in a design studio. Maybe we should, you know, maybe we should do that. Maybe we just might share a picture. Yeah. Yeah, man, I just wanted to like roll into it. So, for people who have not heard about Design Smith, Excel Contracting, yourself, generally speaking, kind of give us the elevator pitch as to what it is that all this is about. So, we're a 350 plus strong team spread across 70,000 square feet of factory space and studio space. We literally make designs happen and when I say make we design and we build. So, what we show you is pretty much what you'll get at the end of it and that's the reason why we've been around for so long and being here for 34 years. that gives us the most amount of credibility any business can ask for that's pretty much us in an elevator pitch 30 seconds right well that's pretty uh, pretty slick i must say normally when i say elevator pitch it tends to be like 5 minutes later we're still talking <laughs> but i mean that is basically in a nutshell what it is and that's that's really cool because you normally don't hear that combination generally speaking in the region here at least typically what you find out is that you have you know your typical fit out kind of like model and then you have an actual furniture design model and then you have an actual contracting model and so on but you seem to kind of like have all that running under one roof so tell me how that works from a business point of view i'm i'm assuming these all feed into each other or they're isolated from each other so all our businesses that we've stepped into are complementary they always add a certain amount of value to all of our clients so each vertical has come about only after realizing that there is a certain gap that is missing and something we've not been satisfied with is the reason why we decided to step into it and this is one of the reasons why there is almost i think about five verticals now that we function at i think one of the few things i learned when i was in college was that as an architect you're a jack of all trades and master of none true and true. and then you start after five years getting to know a little bit more about what you're really good at 
so you could learn a little bit of, i mean we had interior design we had furniture design we had landscape design we had just branding as well that came about in our studios back in school so then you knew something about everything and i think this gives me more of a hands on approach towards doing things so right we could always figure out a new vertical which is missing and then add value to it right so then i guess that kind of leads me to my next question which is it's normally not easy for a business to do that typically because businesses even if they kind of recognize that there's a gap for them to kind of adapt pivot and kind of even address that gap once businesses reach a certain way of operation and scale that becomes very difficult so i imagine it's because i guess your core team is still very robust and very kind of like adaptable to kind of take on these different sort of advantages that you see so the thing is uh, while the core team i mean since we've been here for 34 years we have a super strong foundation right i am a second generation business owner now but when my dad started the company it was just a one man show so expanding under that became slightly difficult because it was him versus his ideas and his limitations the moment my brother and i joined the business so he joined about 15 years ago and me 9 years ago i think it adds more hands to the deck so more hands on the same playing field means more options that you can look at and now having that kind of sounding board it becomes very easy to break down a bigger problem into smaller problems with everyone then just taking responsibility for that little bit so i think between the three of us we've managed to have that balance right. about what's actually required for the moment and what's not right okay and again just to kind of help our audience kind of like get a little more context so at the moment for design smith what's the kind of work that you're focusing on delivering on kind of you know realizing that that's what you want to be doing so as a young design studio you don't first say no to anything right you're still trying to figure out who your target audience is and what you're best at but you also need to make sure that your billing is going in the right direction it's not going in the negatives so currently we're trying to focus on good architectural jobs so we don't want to be an interior design studio only our strengths lies architects so we are trying to target those specific homes of clients where we start and finish the entire process and that's the best that we can do right so we do the architecture the interiors and the whole build that follows with it and then walk out from that successful so 2021 i think is going to focus more towards that and specialty commercial jobs so we want to do good jobs where you get to showcase designs so larger offices high end fnb and i mean we've also set targets for clinics gyms and a lot of that but that's the bigger picture so right right but right. it's it's to get into bespoke design it's not just to churn out designs faster right. it's just to be independent every step of the way right one of the challenges i feel with that because i mean you were so kind enough as to give us a little tour of you know your space before we started recording while you do have a very young team admittedly we were talking about this off air and i kind of feel like the audience might benefit from this because there are a lot of entrepreneurs designers like yourself who are looking to kind of enter the space very similar to how you have and they kind of also feel the need to have a very young studio very vibrant studio just because it changes sort of like the vibe of the entire kind of like design thinking that you have in your studio so from your point of view are there any advantages or disadvantages to having a very fairly young studio that you run the average age of design smith if i can actually put it into a number is 20 26 or maybe 27 tops with me being literally tipping the scales in in <laughs> the, other the other end of it but i mean the good bit is that everyone who's come in at some point has come in hungry hungry as hell just to deliver and there's a massive requirement for that learning to happen so when you come in that hungry you're willing to take on anything and everything and do the required research to educate yourself so while the team is super young i think their research is phenomenal because i've worked elsewhere before and i've seen that not everyone's willing to put in the love and attention that someone who really wants to do it can and that's one of the main 
main reasons why we look at hiring younger. And I think it's very easily possible, right? Because as a young design studio, you're, when you hire a younger team, you bring in, if you can deliver that kind of experience, you can nurture and grow into something super strong. So I don't think, I don't think age is a defining factor for us. It's actually your thirst to grow that comes in. And that's something that we look at. Like for us, for me, it's absolutely important that you showcase that when you do that in an interview that I want to be here and I deserve to be here. So, right. and that, that's your fighting chance at entering. If you come in with a fancy CV in a portfolio, we really don't care. Right. In fact, I don't think I have seen a single certificate from anyone in my team yet. I've never asked for it. Right. Which, in all honesty, it's a breath of fresh air. It's kind of how I feel design recruitment should happen. I mean, if I must be honest. However, again, while that's all, I don't mean to kind of like be cynical about it. But while that is all good on paper, the reality of it is that you still have a business to run. You still have projects to deliver. You still need a certain level of experience behind a team like that. So I understand at the moment, is that predominantly yourself or do you have a kind of co-senior team that leads your studio? So it is predominantly myself, but I we do have I do have a left and a right hand. They specifically make sure that I mean and they've been with the team long enough now. So they know exactly what we're looking to deliver. They're completely in tune with the vision behind Design Smith and where we want to be. So this helps in general. So basically it was because you have such a young yes. studio, you still you still need some level of experience to kind of like True. lead them. Not not so much on the design, if I must be honest. It's, 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 it's more, more the technicals. It's more technical and it's more even just things like project management and like invoicing and things of that nature. So the thing is that while we have all the other verticals which integrate back into design, that, that side is quite taken care of, like the HR, the admin side of things, as well as your account side of things. But... It was difficult for us because we started out drafting our first contracts. We started out fine-tuning those contracts. We started re-ironing out the details because we realized as we grew... That these are the clauses that, need, are the to clauses that need to be there. <laughs> and actually, there were about 10 pages of clauses that had to be there, right. which we didn't know. But yeah, I mean, so while all of that's come into play, it's and it's fantastic. Like, But we have a vision for the studio. There's always a checklist which needs to happen at the end of it. And every design that we do has to sit in those parameters. Is it something that we're going to stand and be able to shout at the top of our voices saying that, yes, I'm proud of this. If that doesn't go through, it's not happening. The major challenges come in actually towards the technical side of it because that does require a lot of experience. The good bit is that we're able to do that now by checking our own work again and again. We've delivered more than 400 plus projects in the last two years. So that's, wow. as that number is huge, it's just that we've learned really, really fast. The entire team is still an integral part of this. So we've learned along the way. We know what works, what doesn't work. What's the skirting detail? What's the tile trim detail? What's the levels that you want to play with? What are you going to do with the ceilings? The best part is because we want to build all of this. We get instant feedback on what we design and we know what works and doesn't work. So there's always that side of actual learning that comes into play, which I think a lot of people don't get to experience. They don't get experience in the, the direct way which is on site and actually in construction. Right. So while we're a design studio, we're actually, our strength is our technical side of it. Right. We came in as contractors at some level. So you know you have to be able to build it if you want to design it. True. Which makes a lot of sense because, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you if if, if you come with that kind of background, then of course you already come with a very strong foundation, like you said, of yep. actually knowing how 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 a building is put together, basically. Yep. And then of course everything else that follows. So I guess my sort of follow-up question to that would be, now that you're kind of with, you know, DesignSmith, which is clearly the kind of design arm of yeah. the entire kind of operation, I was very curious because we don't get a lot of guests who can talk to us about this particular topic, which is furniture design. Again, if people could see around us, we are literally sitting in a 
upholstery kind of studio which is to be honest as a designer my eye just can't stop like kind of darting around and checking out these awesome pieces because you have you know fabrics and you have foam and you have you know mock up pieces and it's just so tactile but it's an area which most designers in dubai don't actually get to hands on work with yep. so i guess my question to you is have you seen a kind of improvement in your studio because they have something as simple as furniture design within hands on kind of like reach absolutely i mean In fact, one of the designers Lisa, her first ever piece is still lying in my house, which is an absolute mess and and she knows it. It was completely disproportionate, didn't make any sense and I've promised to gift it to her on her wedding day. But <laughs> but that that's actually the le- the learning lessons that come with it. So the the beauty of having all of this in house means you get to actually understand and experience things while they happen. Right. Everything from a joinery detail and woodworking detail to what that fabric stitch and a pleat could look like is important and that's the reason why we've been able to actually create designs right we've been able to play with so many things that we control it so we know that there is literally no limitation whatsoever there's no one telling you that oh this is not possible and that's not possible because if it's not possible it's in my hand to make it possible if right. a velvet doesn't work for this something else will and we know and we're able to actually pick on the spot and literally guide you towards what works in your scheme and it it adds value to the projects because while going branded furniture is one way going bespoke furniture getting customized only specific to you you still get to have that same experience which you want and literally i mean get the best of both worlds so right right, right everything right. matches eventually and that's the beauty of the palette that you want to create right so i mean again it 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 all kind of ties back to having that kind of one shop turn around kind of yep. you know well design smith i mean so design smith has that for better word yeah 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 So the design smith is literally we want to be the makers of our designs and and that's where it comes back to and then that, that was the basic behind the name i mean it has nothing to do with me being a smith in any way or right. <laughs> the many questions i've been asked around this but right. literally it's more I like mean, a blacksmith but a design smith yes like a yeah. design smith right awesome so something which you said earlier which kind of rung true with me and i'm sure a lot of the listeners kind of heard that statement they were like how did that happen i kind of want to dial back You said that you've delivered or rather your team's delivered about 400 projects over the last 2 years. While just delivering those is a challenge by itself, I think what's more interesting for the audience would be how do you go about acquiring that kind of portfolio? Do you have when I say acquiring in the sense that clearly you must have some kind of marketing presence, some kind of, you know, PR that goes behind it of some nature or if not, how does it actually happen? We actually don't have any form of PR going in the back end. we have no marketing budgets we don't have a marketing team and all our social media is on in house every single post that you see on instagram is branded as design smith because it is our work and we stand behind all of it right. so it's not just a pinterest mood board collected and curated from somewhere right. every single work has been done in house while delivering that kind of that number of projects is a little hard it's it's also because we've we've not tied ourselves up to like we only do a certain type of projects so we don't have only fnb or we don't have only residential it could be anything so starting from a one bedroom in downtown like a luxury one bedroom apartment we've gone all the way and delivered a 22000 square feet architectural design for a project in albarari and that's the difference so we could we can really scale up and scale down depending on what the client actually needs and requires and the turnaround time is is short because you can always say i can take 6 weeks to do a certain job or i can take 6 months or i can do 6 days the question is what do you really want to deliver and how fast do you want to deliver so we're a team of about 15 people it's for a young studio technically that's like a that's a sizable team right and everyone comes in with their own strengths and everyone comes in with their weaknesses we just try and make sure that we mitigate that 
internally so that you can deliver the best and and then that's it so we've moved from say residential jobs we have about eight ongoing projects in dubai hills right now we have two ongoing projects in barari but we also have three fnb jobs which is over 200 seaters in abu dhabi so when you actually ask me what is the scale of jobs i can't pick one right. and say this is what we do specifically right now that you say that the scale is so varied this may be you may be the only person who would be able to answer this next question probably obviously 2020 has been not the most easiest of years because you your sectors are kind of so varied across you know residential commercial f&b and so on what were kind of the key learnings which you had during the year of 2020 which you think kind of will improve business moving forward or would just improve processes of your business moving forward any such key learnings so 2020 gave us time to reflect 2020 gave us time to actually set standards and processes we since we were in this mad rush earlier we actually got time to breathe so i think 2020 was a fantastic year uh we've hence slowed down we've taken a step back and enjoyed a little more of what we've achieved we've been able to take stock and actually realize and understand what our strengths actually are and all of this wasn't happening then so we were in this craze to set up the studio which could then compete at the top and that's been the goal since day one but now we've in fact we've structured it into a checklist into what we want to do and where we want to compete and who we want to be which gives us the right kind of direction and i think instead of just running everywhere now we're running with a direction and a purpose so right. we've reached a stage where we've started saying no to jobs and while it was a fantastic that's the dream year. i mean if i must be honest yeah. like that's when you know you've sort of made it when when you can I start saying so. no i yeah. think so and 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 that gives us pleasure in doing that actually at some point right. because we know we now know what an ideal client for us is and who we want to work with as compared to want to work with everybody that's not what we're targeting anymore so 2021 will be the normal lump certain we've lined up ourselves pretty well for it and and then that's the intention you want to keep growing and getting better right in a region like like we are in if you had someone come up to you and say you know him here love design smith love you know what you guys have done with it more importantly really inspired by the kind of growth that you have had over the last 2 years two and a half three years however long it is it's been phenomenal what's the kind of one word advice that you would kind of give them now this is to the owner this is not to the not to the designer not to the uh, the financier this is the person operating the business what kind of advice would you give someone like that entering your similar space i think that there's opportunities everywhere okay and how so don't don't limit yourself to anything specific i've realized that the i've got jobs from the most unexpected people and most unexpected places we ended up doing a hotel because a signage vendor we used to work with referred us to the owners of the hotel directly so literally there's opportunity everywhere it just depends on who you leverage with what and that's about it so like if you if you build a strong relationship with someone it will eventually pay off in multiple ways so technically everyone around you is your marketing team it's your is your person and if you keep delivering quality it will shine through right. and that's the least you can do for yourself and kind of as we you know wrap up towards the end of this of this podcast from now this is more of more about finding out about you as a person not okay. so much about design smith so on what do you think would be an area of focus which you have felt that you really want to improve on in the next year i think we have in leveraged pr personally I've, i've never been very visible i try and stay behind the scenes for me it's you're like the ninja behind the scenes 
I, li- I prefer being that, but I've learned. I've learned that. You do need to put a face to things. You need to put well. a face to things. People want to build relationship with people they can see. I've, I think I've made a few inroads and in that direction now. I mean, as, as simple as saying that we got shortlisted for awards and we weren't going to, you know, turn up for it because it's, 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 it's just not us. We're so quiet. We're, we're not like showy in any way. And then, so this is just step one. Like we've, we've, I've given interviews. I'm doing a podcast with you for once. I mean, I would have never, I can't listen to myself. So I have no idea why. <laughs> Somebody else would want to listen to me. But then, yeah, so now I'm doing this. I said, I need to change a few things about the way we, the way we get visible specifically. And instead of like, yeah, so that's, that's one of the few things we've started doing. Do you find that that's also a way to kind of attract kind of like-minded talent as well? Because that seems to be a common thing whenever we speak to people on the podcast, they kind of, apart from obviously their kind of online presence and digital footprint, obviously tells potential clients about who they are, what they do and so on. But they've also noticed that it attracts a certain kind of talent as well, who kind of come to them and say, listen, love what you guys do, want to be part of the team, that kind of thing. So absolutely, do you see a lot of that happening now? Now, yes. Specifically in the last couple of months, we've seen that happen right. since we've tried to put names and faces to things that we do. In fact, I think it just made us more approachable instead of being behind a closed wall before, which most people were just wondering whom they're actually speaking to. Right. But yeah, I think now we've, we've opened those doors and it, it is it is adding a lot more value for sure. Right, right. And just kind of like to wrap things up, I'm sure people listening to this would want to do exactly that. Kind of, you know, get in touch with you and say, listen, could I possibly add value? How would I know? When I know you, you touched upon this earlier, but I just want to kind of like reiterate it. If and whenever you do hire, you said that you don't look at certificates or you rather haven't seen one yet so yeah. far. What are the kind of qualities which you are looking for apart from that kind of passion and drive? Be genuine. I mean, you don't have to fluff things up and sell stuff. All of us have weaknesses. We all have shortfalls somewhere. No one's perfect. But if you're okay with accepting that and looking to, you know, keep growing from there on, I think that's the best way ahead. I don't know marketing. I don't know PR. I don't know social media. I don't know any of this. It's just that drive to learn and educate. If I think if, if you can educate yourself, no one else can do that better than you. Right. So come with that attitude of, you know, that it's okay if I have shortfalls and don't go in with an attitude saying sorry every second or third sentence. You've not done anything wrong sitting in an interview. I've, I found this to be the most common thing that the person sitting across is so apologetic about everything and I have no idea why. And I keep telling my guys that, listen, never say sorry. You haven't done it. It's okay. Correct. It's just, it's just a thing that people apologize for is, sorry, can I disturb you now? And don't be sorry. Never be sorry for anything. I will disturb you now. <laughs> yeah. So right. it's, it's your right to ask. If you don't ask, you'll never get and... That's, that's, I think that's one of my biggest takeaways. Ask. I think that's the best way to summarize this podcast. And I think that's the best way to kind of inspire people moving into the next year of 2021, which is, yeah, man, like ask and you shall receive, right? Ask I mean, that's, and you shall receive. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's all it is. So, Mihir, before we sign off, if people want to get in touch with you, check out the work of Design Smith, what's the best way for them to kind of see and reach you? The best way to see our work is on Instagram and social media. We're trying to move a lot more towards LinkedIn now. But yes, Instagram's the best bet. Drop in a message and I'll personally reach out to you because I reply to literally every message that comes on it. So for okay. sure, like easily available now. And my phone number's there on it as well. There. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, man. Well, on that note, thank you so much for coming on the show, Mihir. We really appreciate it. And for all of you guys tuning in, we will catch you guys next week. Thank you for having me. Fellow A-formers, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being part of our journey and thank you for the immense support we've been receiving for our episodes. It has and continues to be a very bumpy road, but we wouldn't want it any other way. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, 
please share this episode with anyone who may benefit from it. But of course, if you loved the episode, follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn, send us a little DM, and we may just send you a secret link to a secret episode which we've been working on. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. See you next time. Keep sketching.